Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, kids. Are you ready for Christmas? I can't hear you. I said, are you ready for Christmas? Well, here we go. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Four, five, six. V-I-G. Okay, but have you considered the possibility... Before you pick the ice cream you want to buy, it's smart to like, try all the different flavors, you know, from chocolate to vanilla to... I'm trying to think of a yellow ice cream flavor. Like, banana custard? My point is, Asian girls. You don't even ask questions. We hang out like friends, like the friends from that program Friends. And now... Yeah, when I talk to her, it says you have to speak in American English. Yeah. <laughs> what other kind of English is there? Is there British? Our feature presentation. <laughs> Welcome into yet another all-new Kevin and Bean show. This time, it's a Monday, and it feels like one, the 10th of December. Hello, children. Hi. Hello, Bean. Guys, remember the Kevin days? I do. What's he up to? He's a good man. He was. I think he retired. I think he retired after this weekend. Oh, I'm, I'm just hearing word. He's uh, he's just running late because oh, he's I a little sleepy from okay. acoustic. Please note I went to retired and not dead for a change, though. That was very nice of you. <laughs> yeah. How'd that, uh, how'd that alarm feel after two nights of uh, the K-Rock uh, Absolute Almost Kids Christmas? Oh, that was my first. Yeah. And mm-hmm. boy, oh boy, they uh, have some uh, ideas about how late we should be out working. <laughs> right. But yet also up at 4 a.m. Right. So yes. yeah, someone j- should clue them in. Just so you know, yeah. you will see none of those people today. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, oh they take the day off. Ghost town. Yeah. Ghost yeah. town. Yeah, you Amazing. can skateboard down the halls today if you want, Judson. Ugh. And you should. Ugh. But, and I'm happy to say, um, another phenomenally successful and wonderful two nights of music. Yeah, agree. Well, what they're able to pull off is extraordinary. It Absolutely. is. Yeah. It's extraordinary. And I get really bummed out sometimes. Look, look, look. <laughs> Here we go. Rock is... It's certainly not dying. Rock will always exist, but it's on the outer fringes of pop culture right now. Mm -hmm. There's very little making much impact anymore. But you go to a show like like the ones that uh, we had this weekend, and you go, hey, you know what? The the fire's still burning. Yeah. You know, you you still see up and coming bands that That's are right. still still rock. I mean, you know, obviously Greta Van Fleet is uh, you know has kind of in the poster children for that this past year in terms of bringing back a kind of rock that most people haven't been been playing for a long time. But I mean, even you know some of these other new bands like you know like Young the Giant rocked. Mm-hmm. The Interrupters rocked. I mean, there were people out there who were do, doing it the way it's always been done, and it's nice that there's still an audience for that. I guess is what I'm saying. And I was pleasantly surprised by Bastille, who I thought put on a great show, yeah. uh, and also shows more rock uh, roots and influence than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, so we're hanging on there. I mean, I, I, I've said this uh, in the past before. I, I, I would be stunned if K-Rock exists in 10 years, and I know that sounds fatalistic, but I feel like we're going to be mar- further marginalized because of the kind of music we like. Mm-hmm. But le- we're hanging on. We're hanging on by our fingernails, man. Yes. And, uh, oh, and- that's a... That's Hold on, I'll be right back. Monday. I'm going to go check my contract. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is there's there's a reason to be optimistic Yeah, when you see a weekend like this weekend. Mm-hmm. That's what awesome. I'm saying. And last yeah. night was a really young crowd. Like, it was mm-hmm. like a yes. hip, fun night. The night before was older because Smashing Pumpkins were mm-hmm. the headliners. Right. Still cool, don't get me wrong. But Sunday night, seeing such like a youthful crowd did yeah. bring me some hope as as to what, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely felt a younger vibe and saw. Like, yeah teenage girls i was like oh look at you all here for billy eilish yeah thank you billy eilish yeah. by the way yeah anyway we'll be talking throughout the day obviously more and we'll probably include some of your phone calls as well about acoustic christmas but thank you to everybody who bought tickets thank you to everybody who showed up supported those great local charities and uh thanks to all the hard-working people with all the labels and bands and people who work here at k-rock that just put on another tremendous show we're very proud of it and it was awesome so uh moving on though Last week, I want to say, we had that story about little Ab City and the uh, the yes. shame the shame that she was subjected to. By her mother for naming her Ab City. By a gate agent for Southwest oh, who right. laughed at mm-hmm. her name and then took a picture of her boarding pass and put it up online. And people, Ab City, if you weren't listening, her name is A-B-C-D-E. That's how it's spelled. And it turned out to be a much more common name than we knew. There are hundreds of people in America named Ab City. Mm-hmm. So upsetting. <laughs> This one is going to make you forget about Ab City. Oh. Oh, wow. This is an unnamed woman. This uh, was a Facebook post that has been uh, shared on Reddit, but her name is left out. I have a, her name about is it. left out? No. That is <laughs> weird. What's her last name? <laughs> her name <laughs> is not included in the post. Oh, oh, oh. This is, a, uh, this is a, uh, a, a, a baby shower, I guess, that she has canceled. I have mm. a really important announcement to make. It brings me pain to have to tell you this, but I am canceling the event. Oh, no. Mm. I will text you soon if you're invited to my smaller, more inclusive party. At least here, no one will judge me. Why? Why am I doing this? Because y'all have been talking S about my unborn baby, an unborn child. Hmm. How can you judge an unborn child? What is wrong with you? To say this frankly, my friends and family have treated me like total S. They've spread rumors and lies about my child. No, I am not crazy. No, I am not mentally unstable. No, I was not drunk when I named my child. Oh, wow. Also, really setting up quite a reveal. Is this Stephen King? Right. (laughs) I'm I'm at the edge of my seat. Go on. (laughs) His name is... Squire Sebastian Senator. Squire Sebastian Senator. Is Senator their last name? Uh, I don't think so. I believe okay. we'll find out that that's all his first name. Okay. Squire okay. Sebastian Senator. <laughs> right. okay. That is that. You cannot force me to change his name. This is the name I was meant to give him. No, this is not his full name. Squire Sebastian Senator is only his first name. <laughs> and here's oh. my favorite part of the whole post. This is how it will be. He will not be allowed to have a nickname. He is to be called by his full <laughs> and complete <laughs> first name. This woman. So you can't just call him Hey Squire? Or just S. Oh, three S's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a you snake. have to say, hey, uh, Squire Sebastian Senator, come over here. I never knew my family could be so judgmental. We come from a long-lasting family of both squires and senators. 
If you look back at our family tree, the survival of this clan is literally rooted in squiredom. Now, forgive me, but squires, that's some sort of British aristocracy or something? Yeah, it's like the head, it's the head of its an estate in like a more rural area. Okay. Uh, we are all related to senators, too. This name conveys power. It conveys wealth. It conveys success. By the way, this is turning into a Stephen King book. Can you mm-hmm. believe how long this is? Yeah. My baby's name will be a revolution. Another one of my favorite lines. <laughs> it will push people to question everything. What is going oh, on? Oh my God. Why name your baby boring and overused names like Joshua, Brian, Sam, Nick, Mark, Bella, Marina, etc. when you can name it something special? Squire Sebastian Senator will live a powerful, wholesome life. I hope all those names were like her nephews and nieces names yes i hope so too (laughs) by the way squire sebastian senator is going to crawl away from you as soon as he's able (laughs) his confidence will not diminish simply because his name is out of the ordinary instead it will be extraordinary f you all my fake ass family you won't get to be part of my baby's life and it's all because you had to judge him i need a follow-up on this oh yeah I need to know more about this kid, about this mom, about this party, about the reaction from friends and family. Yeah. I Right before K-R- uh, K-Rock goes off the air in 10 years, I'd like to check back in on the mm-hmm. nine-year-old yeah. Squire yes. Sebastian Senator right. and figure out uh, how much therapy he's in. Right. He's already been emancipated at that point. <laughs> yeah. He's living alone in <laughs> a condo. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm all for naming babies weird names. Mm-hmm. I, do, I, As a Jensen myself, my mm-hmm. mother is a Haroldine, which I can't even understand being a first name. Haroldine? I've never yeah. heard that. H-A-R-O-L-D-I-N-E. Like Geraldine, but with yes, an H. Yes, but with an H. I've never heard of that either. Yeah, wow. it's a very odd name. I'm all for it, but making it a, like a lengthy novel of a yeah. name, of a first yeah. name is crazy. It's a bit that, much. That's the story here. Yeah. It's not that it's Squire or Senator. Those are all stupid names, but fine, leave them alone. Right. Mm-hmm. But to have that be your whole first name, yeah. is, it's beyond a Cosby kid. You know what I mean? And don't and you think after the first time that kid gets in trouble and she's yelling his full name, she's yeah. going to be like, that's oh, a lot. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder what his middle name or names are. I like to think of the last name's Johnson. Just like a very yeah. normal, yeah, ready sure. last name. Well, I'm going to uh, keep my eyes peeled on that. i got a Google alert set up for Squire Sebastian Senator, so we'll find out what happens next. But is that insane? Does that make Ab City just seem like the most normal little kid in the world? Yeah. I, I, what do you even set up for in life if you have that as a first name? Like, what could you do with it? I mean, you have to change it. Yeah, you have to be like my mother was an animal. She's yeah. right. A you go by person. Sebastian yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 or Tom, or Tom. <laughs> Just call me Tom. <laughs> all right, let's talk about today's all new Kevin Beach show, shall we? My life is all about owning the libs now. Well, I can't help you with that, sir. <laughs> um, the worst Christmas song of all time, I think we all agree, is uh, Twelve Days of Christmas. Yes. Uh, it has just gotten worse. I know you think that song has pretty much set in stone. Did they Wait add to it? Yes. No. Yes. Mm. Now it's more than 12 days of Christmas. Wait till you hear what they've done to it. Mm. We continue our end-of-the-year recap with top tens. Today, I'm very excited about the top ten Omar intros. He's wow. our resident genius in the other room. Who he puts is. Together the little jingles that we play on the show. He's brilliant. You can walk in there and just go, hey, I need... And you walk out and you come in here and it's exactly what you hung to him. He's amazing. Very odd. Also, the very talented actor and director Ben Stiller joins us next hour here on the Kevin Amin Show. He's behind that uh, Showtime Escape mm-hmm. at Danamore that is getting all the raves. Ben is, uh, he's uh, had him on the show for years and years and years. It'll be great to catch up with him again. Monday means great news on the program today. Jensen, you uh, have been talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for, yes. for weeks now. Yes, I'm very excited. 
finally coming out on Friday, one of those Spider-Mans. He plays the voice of Peter Parker, Jake Johnson. Right. Also from New Girl. is going to be joining Best. us in the 7 o'clock hour today. Uh, Andrew Siciliano recaps NFL Week 14. Woo. What a week. What a week. Wow. Chip, you picked the wrong year to not be a Dolphins fan anymore. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... I'm still not following football, but that 14 seconds warmed my cold, dead dolphin fan heart. Yeah. I did. Allie, you picked the right year to not be a Patriots fan anymore. I loved how many people came up to me with joy to say, wow, can't believe it. I'm like, I haven't watched this year. Yeah. And watching their soul leave their body was the greatest. Well, you deprived them of a, a sick bird. I know. Also, for hangover, uh, excuse me, also hangover cures on the program today. There's a lot of good information and misinformation out there about what's going to work. But, uh, you know, after this Christmas weekend, we could use some of these hangover cures. And the nicest guy in rock and roll, Travis Barker, back Yay. in studio this morning on the Kevin Amin Show. He'll be uh, revealing the details of the Music Festival. That's a lot of show, you guys. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's all coming up next. Plus, Allie's got what's happening right after this on K-Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Monday morning here on the Kevin and Bean Show. Alan McKay coming in hot with what's happening and with free stuff. I would like to give a pair of tickets away to see George Lopez, The Wall Tour at Microsoft Theater. It's happening December 29th. If you would like to go, just be callers 5, 6, and 7 right now at 1-800-520-1067. And you are going to get a pair of tickets to see George Lopez, The Wall at the Microsoft Theater, December 29th. Tickets on sale at access.com. Bong, bong. Bong, bong, indeed. Well, while we were very busy, I guess some people went to see movies. Although, uh, sleepy box office this weekend because no new releases. But Disney's Ralph breaks the internet. It led another weekend, bringing their total to $140.9 million. Not bad. Not bad at all. That's a success. It is a success. Also a success, Universal's Dr. Seuss the Grinch nabbed $15.2 million in its fifth weekend out. That's a uh, total of $223.5 million. <laughs> that is strong. That's real strong. Yeah. And yes. it still has at least two more weeks to go where people are going to be going to see that. Right. And once the kids are off on Christmas break, mm-hmm. I'm sure those numbers skyrocket again. That's so, amazing, amazing how profitable Do you guys think is? the yeah. Grinch is Jewish? I thought about um, that a lot this weekend. Interesting. In you other did. words, that's I why did. he hates Christmas so much? Yes. Huh. Is that ever addressed? I don't think so. I don't think oh. so either. No. I think he just hates joy. I don't think it I don't okay. think it's as specific as he just hates Christmas. I just I I'd usually like to know if there's other famous Jews. And I'm I understand. Looking I understand. into it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real weird. All right. Uh, Creed 2 came in at number three with $10.3 million, followed by Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald, and Bohemian Rhapsody rounding out the top five for you. So, yesterday, Netflix uh, shared a new teaser for Stranger Things 3, and they shared some episode titles. Susie Giacoppi, The Mallrats, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard, The Sauna Test, The Source, The Birthday, The Bite, and the Battle of Starcourt. I don't... Uh, what? That's a puzzle. Yeah, what does it all mean? The Case of the Missing Lifeguard is a... It sounds like a Nancy Drew book. It really does. <laughs> it really does. I uh, I was such a fan of Stranger Things. And then Stranger Things uh, 2 came out, and I was like, I'll get to it. Too much TV. It's too much TV, Jensen. I think that just proves your point. I mean, I love Stranger Things. Sure, it's great, but yeah. there's too much TV. Yeah. Any of you watch uh, Stranger Things 2? 
I didn't I watch was, two, no. I watched the first one. Same. First season. Yeah, But then you same. move on, you're watching other stuff when the second one comes back, and you go, I'll get to it, and then you don't, and... Ain't nobody got time for that. Oh, I agree with that lady. I agree with her right there. Um, I love that this, uh, this article is titled, Tom Cruise Shooting Intense Scenes in Lake Tahoe. And then it just says, well, he's actually just shooting the Top Gun sequel and he's running through a forest and up mountains. But it's very intense, you guys. The Top Gun sequel has him running through forests? He's running through a forest and up a mountain. So what happens? What happens, you guys? Hmm. Oh, Oh. Oh, Kevin Ryder walking into the studio. Look at this. Look at this. Hey, Kev Dog. How are you? How'd that, how'd that alarm go this morning? I mean, the alarm that I didn't... The alarm that I didn't set? <laughs> also, bike was off. That one? Uh, you missed a really important story about, uh, about Stranger Things 3, so... Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's just... So we heard all the titles. Yeah. It's good times. Okay. Um, you didn't set it. Is the Grinch it. Jewish? <laughs> oh, that's oh, so weird. It. You had the same thoughts. Right. Thinking uh, about that all weekend. Were yep. you? Yeah. Uh, so you just didn't set the alarm? I did not set my alarm. Oh, man. Woke up at 522, and I was like... Ah, it's 522 in the afternoon. Am I good? Yeah. What day is it? Or Yes. Yeah. Or, oh, no. No, it's yeah. Monday morning, and I usually leave by 5 <laughs> or I'm late. So, sorry. Well, we're happy you're here. Thanks. Yes. Would you like to um, tell us about your experience with Acoustic Christmas? We did that little recap. I'd like to hear I your know, experience. but I'd like to tell you about a new name of a kid. Okay. That is yeah. ridiculous. I want you to see if you remember it. <laughs> I'm happy you were late enough to listen. That is good. That is odd to yeah. listen to the beginning of the show that you're supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. That's a little strange. What do you think about Squire Sebastian Senator? Love it. You love the name? Couldn't love it more. Okay. And I love the fact that she she flat canceled the baby shower because yes. she was getting so much crap for it. <laughs> I love that Kevin listened. It's very sweet. It's, it's really, really entertaining, sweet. you guys. You seem like a Power 106 guy to me. Yeah. <laughs> Usually. I flip around, Bean. Okay. I like it. Hey, you guys want some birthdays? Already? (laughs) (laughs) Um, How about Meg White from the White Stripes? Meg White, the most mysterious woman in rock. Yes. Mm -hmm. How about Raven Simone? Oh. That's so Raven. The Raven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The View. Quotes the Raven. Isn't that uh, from N- her? I don't think that's her. Yeah, no. that was, it was about her. Right. Uh, was the Cosby in that, Show. In that dude's house. No, none of that. Oh. Uh, Empire. I mean, she gets around. She's Raven, doing all right. Raven's not that way. Just oh. She's been on TV her whole life. Uh, and Kenneth Branagh. That's cool. <laughs> God. The coolest. That's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. Christmas music is uh, pretty subjective, mm-hmm. you guys. I read a uh, a very, very long article in the Washington Post this weekend <laughs> where a woman took it upon herself to rank 100 Christmas songs from 100 to number one. Wow. How and did she, you not do that, Bean? She, she put the good King Wenceslas as the best Christmas song of all time. What? What? How does that go? I don't, I don't even know what that is. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen. That's the one, yes. And the snow Who's lay Stephen? round about deep in that, crisp and even. That's what, Kevin, you may remember it from the one that we, that's the one that we had William Shatner record for Kevin Bean Christmas album years ago. Not remember even a he bit. came in, came no. in with a guitar player and they uh, they laid it down. 
I mean, it's a good song, but like I said, it's very subjective. We can all agree that the worst Christmas song of all time is, well, it's either that one about that goddamn kid who wants to get shoes in case mama meets Jesus that oh. night. <laughs> no, I love that one. <laughs> or it's the 12 Days of Christmas, because it could not be more boring and more repetitive. Well, the thing about the 12 Days of Christmas, though, is that it starts out, everyone's sort of on board because it's Christmas time, and let's mm-hmm. sing a Christmas song. And you get 30 seconds in, and you realize, oh, my God, I'm stuck for hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because for folks who aren't familiar with the song, here's how it begins. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a Okay, okay you're, that one, you're doing it no favors with that right? Muppet version. You're playing. Yeah, what's happening with that beat? This is the this is the version that uh, we're spotlighting here because of the changes they've made to it to make it even worse in 2018. But the the central flaw of the song is okay, partridge in a pear tree. Fine, I can sing that. That's appropriate. But then once you do the two, what's the two turtle doves? Once you do the two turtle doves, then you have to sing the partridge in the pear tree again. Yeah. 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 Then you add the third thing, and then you have to sing the second and the first thing again. So every verse you're singing ninety percent stuff you've already sung before. And by the way, you also miss the whole set up where you go, okay, you guys sing the five <laughs> turtle doves. You guys sing, well, we don't want to sing. That takes about a half hour. Yeah. All right, so up. So what this version what this version does by a musician named AJ Ng, by the way, is surprise when it gets to 12, it keeps going. No. <laughs> so this should be the end of the song, but instead <laughs> 13 by the way, as dumb as 13 Comfy Cushions is, it's no dumber than no. anything else in the song. It's on brand. It's just, everything about it is ridiculous. Then it goes to 20 items. What? Oh, come on. <laughs> then 40. No, sir. Then 70. By the way, 70 is uh, 70 unpaid interns, in case you're wondering. Oh. Then a hundred. No, why are they doing this? And then 125. (laughs) Doing with their lives. Guys, it ends up being 179 days of Christmas. Now, I don't know how the decision was made to stop at 179. They were just out. They all passed out. Yeah, Yeah. they just passed out. So we're going to play all of it. (laughs) How long does the song go, Bean? Nine hours. <laughs> oh, sweet baby You're exaggerating, Jesus. though. Let me see if I'm exaggerating. You're exaggerating when you say uh, nine hours. Yes, I am exaggerating. It is eight hours, 56 minutes, and 22 oh, seconds. Holy crap! Oh, 8.56.22. What is their final uh, item? Let's see what number 179 is. Anyone get that? <laughs> what? <laughs> what was it? Mothballs? I don't know. Something let's go, crawls? Let's go back. I'm oh, sorry. I, sir. I'm sorry. Maybe that's why it ended. He had a stroke. <laughs> I feel like because he screwed that up, they should make him go back and start right? over. Oh, let's start again. Forget <laughs> it. Start from the beginning. All right, let's hear some more items. <laughs> Five people think they're waiting for the subway. 174 is 
I mean, we're at 173 financial advisors. Did, I, just, did they have to do one take? Is that why he flubs and they don't use it? I can't imagine. What, are you going to do two takes of a nine-hour song? No, but I was, it's like I Dick was Clark's ass- countdown. <laughs> <laughs> I was assuming that they recorded this in parts. Like they would, you know, sing yeah. for 15 minutes and then take a break yeah. or something. So See you Wednesday. Imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine they did, but I'm intrigued to hear more. 171, Trooper Coney Island. 170, people with the podcast. 169, <laughs> There's there's you, oh, Ellie. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice, right? 169. <laughs> Jensen, 170 people with the podcast, though. I, I, there you go. He's, he's underestimating. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that in very many Christmas classics. Wheels on a big rig. 167 for the future. 166 to Ellie snake bites. 165 keys to the city. 164 degrees of separation. 163 chickens with their heads cut off. I mean, it just goes on and on, you guys. Chickens with their heads cut off. Wow. Seems dark. So if you were looking for a way to take the worst Christmas song of all time and make it so much worse. Congratulations. That is a success. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Hey, DJ Omar Khan. Good morning. How are you? Uh, you have a good time this weekend? Ugh. Why don't we get the day off after Acoustic Christmas? Oh, amen. Seriously. I took it. It Why was pretty we- good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was great times. Great times. It was good. Fun. Glad to yeah. hear it. Also excited to see your face this time of year because you are in charge. Of, you're the archivist here at the Kevin and Bean Show, and mm-hmm. you're in charge of a bunch of lists of the top tens that we do at the end of the year as we reflect back, in this case, on 2018. And this time, you get to toot your own horn a little bit because we're doing the top ten Omar intros of the year. The top ten Omar intros. The top ten Omar intros. And I don't think I really, really The intros are the best thing on the show. The top ten Omar intros. And now it's I do find a problem with this process <laughs> in that Omar picks them mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. and then makes his own jingle for them yeah. right. and then ranks them and then right. plays yes. them in order that he likes. That's correct. Who else does that? that? I, don't, I don't get to do that with moments with. Hey. <laughs> I think Omar's got a pretty good read, though, on his own work. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think he's reasonable. And, uh, and this has been a banner year once again for intros. Where do we start at number 10? Absolutely. Well, I just want to um, kind of first toot my own horn and say I did 56 intros this year. Is that wow. right? Oh so yeah, Most been... of them are incredibly stupid and Omar's like, yep, I can do it. Exactly. So <laughs> I have titles that didn't make the top 10, like the Tom Tom Club. Oh. We did a game called Am I Ryan or Am I Lion? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we did uh, Dr. Hockey. We did What the Duck. And then we did a game called Are You Down with the Brown? Most of these games, <laughs> I have no idea what we're giving away. Let's no. save Are You Down with the Brown for next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, like, I like that one. Um, so at number 10, uh, you guys we were giving away tickets to April Foolishness, and we were um, having people call in with uh, a guy walks into a bar jokes. Okay. And we're not creative. We're all, Omar, we're going to call this game, A Guy Walks Into a Bar. You can all win tickets to April Foolishness, Foolishness. Come on, tell the joke and make sure it's not filled with crappiness. All we really want is to laugh a lot, laugh a lot. So tell us why this guy walked into this freak. Jokes. Jokes. Uh, Jokes. Uh, you hear the, the 
disgusted Omar's voice that he's being asked to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know what's funny is that uh, that's a good good uh, um, representation of something that I hear in my head, and then I go into the lab and I can't really execute because there's a, a bunch of extra like syllables in there sure. that are not in the original song, but I just go with it. You know, what sure, I mean? yeah, because you go. I'm an artist, right? Uh, at number nine, we uh, were giving away tickets to Call of Duty, and uh, we did a game called Celebrity Valor, and um, Celebrity Valor. Yeah, this is my best kind of military drill sergeant impression. If you get the answer right, you'll hear this. If you get it wrong, you hear this. It's time for Celebrity Valor. Get some. Get some. Get some. Uh, you want to hear some a funny story about that one? Yes, please. You can hear how loud I'm yelling, right? Yeah. So we. Moved... I hear how loud you're yelling now. You have oh, a really? microphone. I'm, I'm sorry, my yeah. bad. No worries. Um. So. We moved into this new building uh -huh. here, and there's like uh, other radio stations that are not really as loud as we are. Mm -hmm. So people are in other studios; they can look into my studio. Yeah. So I'm yelling at my top of my lungs, and people are like, "What is wrong with You're that yelling, guy?" Get some. Yeah, He's like, "Oh yeah, no, yeah, we need to, what's happening? <laughs> Stop, drop, yeah, and roll, or whatever you do." The guy at, over at the wave is like, "What the hell's going <laughs> on here?" Exactly. At number eight. Uh, we were giving away tickets to the Ohana Festival, and this year we found out that Bean um, plays a ukulele. Mm, does so, he? So we decided to do... Uh, <laughs> Bean uh, uh, has a ukulele, is what we found out. <laughs> uh, we decided to do Hawaiian trivia, and we did Strump by the Bean. Hey, you know that Bean now plays the ukulele. He loves it so much. He knows all about Hawaii. Just you try to stump the man. He knows everything Hawaiian. Stump brother bean. Stump brother bean. Stump I mean, that's well done. That's pretty good. <laughs> the other thing I, I find so weird about my job is that I have to do so many different genres of like, sure. different stuff. And most of the stuff, you know, it's just crazy. Uh, so the, one of the biggest uh, hits of the year was Baby Shark. And Jensen did this new feature called I Found It on YouTube. And the reason I love this intro is because every time we play it, I get some hate on the Afro line saying, I can't get that song out of my head. I found this on YouTube, do, 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 on YouTube, do, 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 on YouTube, do, 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 on YouTube. Now I'm going to have that stuck in my head all day. At number six, is number six is a good example of something, you know, I try to keep the intros between 20 and 30 seconds, but you know what? Sometimes the artist in me just takes over. Sure. And this happens. They want to kill you and they want your soul. And they give you nightmares at night. They're so scary and they're possessed by the devil. They give you such a big fright. And I'm the devil. Horror movie villains. Come on and guess it right or you'll be dead. Horror movie villains. I hope you get it wrong, I won't bloodshed. Too much? <laughs> I knew it was too long. Yeah. You, you don't go to Oasis and tell them, hey, Champagne Supernova has right. to be three minutes. Why don't Thank you cut you. that Thank down? You. Right. Thank you, True. Bean. You're an artist. Uh, at number five, we did a game called One Star Review where Jensen um, picks uh, Amazon, goes to Amazon.com and uh, reads one star reviews and people have to guess what the people are reviewing. Right. And I like this one because it, it just has, has such a throwback sound. Hey, you, what do you do? I hop on the internet, write a review. I think this 
you suck so much One star for you One star with you I think this is worse than poo One star with you Man, I really, really hate you That's beautiful. Thank mm. you. At number four, uh, I don't know why we did Stump Alley. But Stump I, uh, Alley? Do you remember Alley? I, it, I think it had to do with math. Okay. okay. Was it? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, well I'm, I'm not sure, but mm. um, here, I'm, I'm dead sexy on this one. <laughs> Stump Alley. Stumper Stump Alley. Stump Alley. Oh, so good. Moist. <laughs> Can I just say that Ali and I, neither of us remember that. I really? blocked that out. No memory of yeah. that. I don't know. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that That's before. So I think Omar's just slipping in new stuff yeah, now. <laughs> uh, at number three, one of my favorite features that we introduced to the Kevin and Bean Show this year was animal stories, and this is what I came up with. Animal stories in the news. Animal stories to cure your blues. That's my favorite. Uh, I love it. That was a good one. And also, it needs to be used over and over and over again. Yeah. Because we Mm -hmm. do it a lot. So that's a good one. Thanks, man. Uh, Another one that uh, we do on a regular basis, we introduced this feature uh, this year, is Cheers with Beer Mug. And I always have a smile on my face when I hear this uh, song. Beer Mug, he wants to go where everybody knows his name. Yeah. (laughs) Asking questions with no shame. What do you, what do you... He's already drunk as a skunk, but people are glad he came. Oh! Beer Mug wants to go where everyone knows his name. Oh, 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 wow. Thanks, thanks to uh, Psycho Mike Catherwood for the vocals on that one. And uh, number one, I don't know what we were giving away or what we did, but this one was called Know Your Kevin, and the intro is amazing. Kevin, he was sent to us from heaven. That's stupid. He's a little slow, but how well do you really know? Kevin, do you know your Kevin? IQ of almost 11. What? <laughs> do you, do you know your Kevin? Kev dog. Do you know right, your Kevin? Ooh, he's so horny. Wow, I, I'm an asshole. Do you know your <laughs> Kevin? That song is over, and yeah. now we will speak. Do you know your Kevin? Want a banana, you hot little monkey bitch? It's also a, uh, it's also, what was I just going to say? No, you're Kevin. Oh, I don't understand what that means. I totally forgot that I even did that. Had no idea. Don't know what we were giving away. But I'm so I, happy I, you I, found I, it. But I love it. <laughs> and that's the top ten. The top ten. Omar Andros. Oh, yeah. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. Guys, uh, Sunday nights, this Escape at Dannemora, I've been telling you about it since it debuted a few weeks ago. It's one of those stories that you may vaguely remember about a prison escape in upstate New York, but you have no idea how crazy <laughs> the circumstances were about this escape. All I remember was there was a guard, there was a woman that was having sex with two guys with that both. were convicted of yes. murder. Yeah, That's right. right? Yeah. It is okay. an insane story, and I totally get why it needed to be filmed. Ben Stiller is the man who did it, executive producer and director of Escape at Dannemora on Showtime. Ben, welcome back to the Kevin Bean Show, sir. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. How you doing? We're Great good. to talk to you. 
Were you like me when that story broke? Like you couldn't get enough of it? The details were so insane. It was hard to imagine that it was real. Yeah, you know, I was actually out of the country when it happened. I was in Italy working on a movie, so I, I heard about it after the fact. But mm-hmm. then I saw that it was on it was on like the TV news every day. And when I learned about it, you know, every time I learned something new about it, it was so much more unbelievable. It just seemed, you know, uh, kind of like a cliche, like a movie. You well, know? That, I mean, that was my um, response was there's too much weirdness here. What's real <laughs> and what's not? And it was all real. Yeah. Yeah, and when we decided to do it, for me, the, the, the whole idea was to show everything in as uh, real a way as possible because the more real stuff we found out, the more more insane it was. So we got this report by the Inspector General of New York State who did an investigation a year after it happened, and we used that sort of as our Bible. So my hope was people would watch and go, no, that can't be true, or they made that up. <laughs> and then when you look it up, you see it actually happened. Yeah, because they started writing the script before they were even caught, right? Like, it was basically <laughs> something they they just added to over and over again, yeah? Yeah, I mean, and then um, when I got on board, we decided to kind of go and, and dig deep into the research. And, um, you know, we went and talked to one of the inmates who escaped. And uh, we, uh, you know, just read all the transcripts and then got the actual Inspector General of New York State to, to help us out. And we met with them. And You know, it's a pretty fascinating story that they broke out of this maximum security prison using hacksaw blades to cut through the back of their cells that were smuggled in by this woman, Tilly Mitchell, who was a civilian supervisor in the tailor shop where they were sewing uh, uniforms, where these inmates would go, 40 or 50 inmates in a room with one civilian supervisor, and she would go in the back room with them and uh, fool around, and they sort of seduced her. I mean, she's uh, a hero. No? That's not the takeaway. I don't think so. Ben, are these the least sexy sex scenes you've ever been involved in? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the the reality of of it was that they they were in a rush. You know, they could only go in the back room for a few minutes. Right. And we were trying to kind of just portray, you know, what happens, what would happen in this, this, uh, you know, I don't do well in a rush. I don't know about you, but these people figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not going to be Red Uh, Shoe Diaries. (laughs) Um, no, but I mean, I gotta. I have to say, like, I give the, the actors so much credit because they were really, you know, explicit scenes, and they weren't they weren't romantic, and um, they really approached it in a very, uh, you know, very workmanlike way, and, and they had to just go for it. And so, you know, Paul Dano and Benicio del Toro and Patricia Arquette really, you know, what a were, cast, were pros by the way. Yeah. What a cast, yeah. insane yeah. cast. Yeah. And they're amazing actors, uh, and they really went into you know, Patricia just transformed for the role and became this woman and. Uh, you know, let go of all vanity because she really had to just be this person. And, uh, you know, I don't think you see that a lot with actresses. No, she, she's almost unrecognizable in this role. Yeah. Uh, and I guess she looks a lot like the the real woman, right? The real Tilly. Yeah, I mean, Tilly at the time was a 51-year-old grandmother who was married to uh, a, a maintenance worker who lived uh, who worked at the prison also. So they lived together. They drive an hour to work every day. He'd go work at a different part of the prison. She'd go and work in the tailor shop, was having this thing with both inmates, and uh, then would drive home at the end of the day with him. And then eventually it got to the point where we're at in this series now. Um, we're at episode four, aired last night, where they're you know, starting to plot uh, this escape and what would happen, what they would possibly do to her husband to kind of you know, not have him. She called him the glitch. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. A, he's a real mouth breather. You guys portray him in a very, <laughs> very creepy way. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away, but the, one of the items on the list to to take care of the glitch is a hacksaw. So I just, I mean, that's just a that's a hit. Mm. Um, we're talking to actor and uh, director Ben Stiller about this wonderful Showtime series called Escape from Dianamora. If you're uh, like Kevin, who hasn't gotten to it yet, it is on demand. You can catch up and uh, and continue as the series continues. This is to, right up my alley. I can't yeah. wait. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, and, and you got to shoot it in the real jail, right, Ben? Yeah, we got to shoot part of it in the real jail. Uh, it, uh, Clinton Correctional is up in Danamora, New York, which is about 30 or 40 miles from the Canadian border, really way up north in the middle of the Adirondacks. And so it's it's very hard to recreate that, but the uh, New York State Department of Corrections allowed us in to shoot outside the prison and then in the yard of the prison, which is this incredible, uh, huge yard that looks out over the mountains where the where prisoners go. So we got to shoot some uh, really amazing scenes there. And, you know, spend time up there in the winter, which is pretty bleak. They call it Little Siberia up there. Excellent. Yeah. Were the actors <laughs> as happy? Were the actors as happy as you were that you got to go up there? <laughs> I, you know what? <laughs> um, you know, a lot of time at the Comfort Inn. Uh, sure. And, uh, it was, you know, it was actually good for the actors, I think, because they could really, you know, immerse themselves in the in the area and get a sense of what it's like to live up there and what it what the experience is like for people working at the prison, which is pretty tough. Yeah. yeah, Ben. How long did it take? I was trying to track it watching the show last night. How long did it take Paul Dano's character, David Sweat, to cut through all that rock underneath the prison that he had to get through to get to that yeah. pipe? Well, uh, first of all, he didn't even know he was gonna that the pipe was gonna be a way out because they got to the outer wall of the prison. It took them about two weeks to get to the to figure. Once they figured, once they got out of the backs of their cells, they cut out of the backs of their cells. That took them about three or four weeks and they would do that actually in the evening when during rec time on the cell block so it wasn't in the middle of the night it was when people were awake wow. because there was more noise going on Jeez. and then they got through their cells got into the catwalks got down into the basement and, and he started to explore around and it took him about two weeks he had to break through two brick walls uh, <laughs> wow. and he got to the outer wall of the prison yeah which was seven feet thick and then he realized that was going to take years to chisel through if they if they could even get through and then one day in uh Late, I guess it was uh, it was May. He he discovered the steam pipe that went into the wall. This 18-inch steam pipe had turned off, and it was off for the summer. So there was nothing going on in that pipe. And if he cut a hole in that pipe, they could shimmy through the pipe and then cut a hole in, on the other side oh of the wall God. and cut their way out. You hope, so you, you, him, yeah, you gotta hope they weren't like a felon because they would have like cured cancer. <laughs> right? I was thinking. You think when you watch this, sure he's in there for dismembering a man. Sure, this guy killed a sheriff. But God, are they smart? They're yeah. real good at stuff. Real good. <laughs> yeah, you know, in prison you have nothing but time, and sure. uh, these guys really did just uh, you know they just wanted to get out. And I wouldn't, you know, look if I was in prison, I'd want to figure a way out. Also, it's it's a pretty daunting place, but. Uh, David Sweat, I think, could have been an engineer or something else if he hadn't been uh, a criminal that he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, I can't recommend this enough, you guys. Check it out on uh, Showtime on Sunday nights. It really is a fascinating real-life story, and every actor in this thing is amazing. And i got to be honest, directing's pretty good, too, you guys. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> pretty, oh, pretty, pretty well you know, It's directed. very easy for Ben Stiller to do anything about jail being a Knicks fan. Uh, he knows what it's like to be uh, completely alone uh, and, and hurt. In NBA jail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no escape. There's yeah. no escape. Right That's right, exactly. No amount of hacksaws are going to get you out of that bed. Hey, listen, thank you for jumping on. We miss you. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family. We'll talk again soon, all right? All right, thanks, guys. Good talking to you. Thank you, you Bye-bye. 
It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. First, how about some great news? When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for great news today. Great news. All right, mine starts with a uh, homeless veteran um, in Blue Springs, Missouri. This community has found common ground in their care and appreciation for this homeless man. His name is Steve Arnold. He's 66 years old. He's a vet. Mm -hmm. And he has some mental problems. And he lived with his daughter, but then they ran into financial trouble. And he ended up living in a tent. And he sets himself apart by never, ever, ever asking anybody for anything. So he'll show up in front of like the 7-Eleven or whatever it is there in Missouri and clean up cigarette butts and whatever's on the sidewalk. And finally, the woman that ran that shop came out and said, what's your story? Do you don't have to pick up our trash? And he's like, I'm not really doing anything else. I'm good. Oh, wow. Here's the story. Steve Arnold is a stranger to few in Blue Springs. In fact, the homeless veteran is well known to the folks that drive along Woods Chapel Road because of his daily rounds to a pair of convenience stores. I'm here about every day. And then I hang around for well, most of it. Well, at 12 noon, I go up to Little General so I can call my daughter every day. Steve has been homeless for over a decade, but over the last few months, his routine caught the attention of Quick Trip manager Sela Minker, who began to see Steve as more than just a homeless man. I always caught Steve outside picking up trash, and I was like, Steve, stop picking up my trash. Um, and he's like, I've got nothing else to do. So it really was a while for us to kind of get to know him. As time went on, their relationship grew. And as the holidays approached, knowledge of Steve's story expanded across Blue Springs, thanks to a post on the community's Facebook page. People just started commenting, like, how's Steve doing? So I asked Steve some questions, and he gave me some info. And so people just started bringing up back and clothes and would help him out with, you know, giving him some food, some money for food. It was a gesture Steve says helped remind him of the kindness that's in the heart of his neighbors and now friends. Just very gracious. I'm well, just very grateful to all of them. And i just realizing that, you know, this area has got a lot of decent people. How about that? Uh. What? No, no, right. no, no, Where no, no. That? no. Oh, no, convenience God, no. store owner. No, starts to take notice mm, of the no. of the hunky homeless guy picking up no, trash sir. in the parking lot. Next no. thing you know, wow. I don't believe that's where that one's going. Well, I didn't hear that part of the story, but maybe they just left that out. And that's my great news. Your homeless guy may be even better than my homeless guy. Yes. Kevin. My homeless guy is named Kevin. Kevin <laughs> Booth, homeless oh. and hungry. He also lives in a tent in the woods. He has been he has refused on numerous occasions the opportunity to stay in one of Sumner, Washington's shelters. He prefers to stay outside. He woke up the other morning. He was hungry. He went to the local food bank there looking for bread that is left outside overnight for people to take. But instead of bread, there was a brown paper bag just outside the front door of the food bank that caught his attention. It had $17,000 cash in it. Oh, my. Wow. Laying in front of the food bank. At first, I was like, what the heck is that laying on the ground? He's 32 years old. He did an interview with the News Tribune paper. He said he looked inside, saw stacks of money, slid out a $20 bill. Of course, I sniffed it to see if it was real, he said. It How smelled legitimate. That's what I want to know. <laughs> it smelled legitimate. <laughs> 
He said he didn't count it. He didn't know how much cash was inside, but he knew what he had to do. So he waited until the Sumner Community Food Bank opened about 20 minutes later, and he handed the bag to a volunteer who opened the door. He said, this is for you. Somebody left it on the doorstop. The um, nope, nope, none of the, no reference to that at all. He gave the, seventy. Okay, the right. employee realized that there was something amiss, so called the police. They showed up, took possession of the money, opened an investigation. Nobody knew where the money had come from, but they, you know, they checked it out to check to see if anyone had been robbed. Looked for suicidal people who may have withdrawn a large sum of money, which is something I never would have thought of. Does he get it back? They came up empty, and after 90 days, nobody claimed the loot, so they gave it back to the Sumner Community Food Bank. In a ceremony, they also presented the homeless man, Kevin Booth, with a citizen citation for his honesty. The uh, food bank wants to... Well, he's the one. They gave him a citation. So mad. He he found seventeen thousand. But he gave it. Peel him off a grand. What's happening? He gave it to the food bank, though. Right. You'll be happy to know that the food bank says to protect him. They don't want to give him a bunch of cash, but they are going to get him some warmer clothes, including boots and coat for the winter. And. They will give him various gift cards over time rather than a lump sum of cash as a reward. Maybe they know something about the way this man handles money. But obviously, in this case, he handled it perfectly because he he turned it in, right? How about that? Wow. So he says, look, I, he says, it wasn't a, a hard decision for me at all. If it's not yours, you shouldn't be taking it. It was obvious that it was there because somebody was leaving it for the food bank. It wasn't for me. I'm an honest dude. There are other people who would have taken it. I am just not that person. So he's a little bit of a hero, I think. And that's yeah. a happy ending because they can use that money for a lot of people who really need it in the town of Sumner, Washington. And that's my great news. I feel like whoever did leave it could have done a better job, waited 20 minutes for them to open. <laughs> sure. Yes. Hand it to them themselves. Something. Something. Yeah, because yeah, that could have been any kid on a bicycle just riding by and grabbing any it, right? Any kid on a bike. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love you, Bean. <sighs> Something that I, I always find really... Um, lovely about different artists when they do their shows you know even huge stadium tours when they spend a little bit of time making sure that there's different charity aspects to it Mm -hmm. like beyonce did um a big like she had different stations everywhere so you can register to vote so she got people really involved that way but this is about um one of my favorite bands that is ensuring that there's going to be food for all cities on their tour one of the biggest bands in the world, and that is Metallica. They have been donating thousands of dollars to food banks on every stop of their worldwide tour. Wow. Donations are being made through the band's All Within My Hands Foundation, and they recently made headlines for their $10,000 donation to the Utah Food Bank, which is enough to provide food for 30,000 hungry Utahns. That's a lot of meals right there. So they basically take money at each stop and then donate it to that city's food bank, which is incredible to do. Um, Not only that, but they also, um, you know, donate different amounts of money all along the way if anything bad happens in those areas. But they just made a $50,000 donation to benefit California wildfire victims earlier this month. So. And they still got it. Sound and better I'm, than I'm ever. Still um, am available if James ever needs a day <laughs> off. But um, as of right now, I think they're doing a really great thing for every single city on their tour. I think that's amazing. So that is my great news. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Rock. 
He is perhaps best known for seven seasons of New Girl, also Jurassic World, and the upcoming Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But I know and love him as Man on Cell Phone from a 2007 episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> Please welcome Jake Johnson to the Tony Beach Show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. How are you, Jake? Oh, you killed it on that Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's man. one of the scariest jobs I've ever had. The cat has to be. You're yeah. working with the king of all comedy. Not only that. My job was to say the N-word casually. <gasps> oh, and, really? Yeah, it was my job is I say the N-word in full. Yes. And Larry David hears it, then goes off and starts the episode. Oh, my God. So, so I thought, you know, obviously everyone's going to be prepped and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But the crew did not know what the scene was about. <laughs> and so the scene starts and some unknown actor on his cell phone who with shaky hands because I was nervous walks in <laughs> and says like, so I'm moving futons and this N-word, right, blah, sure. blah, blah. And Larry David just gives me a look and the scene ends. He does not say good job afterwards. <laughs> Nobody says anything. <laughs> I'm being looked at with such hatred. And I'm like, oh my, we did three takes. And then Larry David goes... Uh, almost too realistic. <laughs> <laughs> then I left. Nightmare first job. That's terrible. Terrible. That was your first it was one of my gig. first. That was like my first, like you know, Big non-commercial yeah. like acting. How did job. you ever work again? Why were you not blackballed in Hollywood forever after that? Uh, uh, by the way, it's white bald, please. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Anyway, sorry. it's we don't even say anything. It's just uh, bald. bald. <laughs> you got bald. I on got bald. Yeah. That's actually how a lot of people get their jobs. That's right. Yeah. 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 I got bald and then I got really lucky. <laughs> I didn't uh, realize. I was going to be opening up such a deep scar when I brought that up. I was just making it funny, but wow, yeah, what a story. Because if, yeah, I'm, if I'm Larry one. David, I go, guys, real quick, something crazy is going to happen in this scene. I would warn people. That's right. Poor Jake got thrown to the wolves. But I think that's what makes Larry David so great. It's true. Is the tension in the air made the whole thing. Yeah, like, if yeah. everybody was in on it, I would have been more casual. Then when I had to do a second take, I was in hell. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, our uh, our friend Adam Ray, you may know him too, Jake. He's a great uh, great guy, great comedian, great actor. He's been on Curb a couple of times, and he is, he is encouraged to ad-lib yeah. with Larry David, who's maybe one of the greatest ad-libbers of all time. Imagine being in that situation where they're just asking you to just say whatever comes to mind, and you know it's your fault if it's if it doesn't go anywhere, right? Yeah, you know that's that's good and it's bad. It's also really fun to be able to ad lib because you can't screw up your lines. Mm -hmm. So it's hard, you know, as an actor. I think it'd be harder to get a job where you have to do uh, Shakespearean monologue in front of Larry David. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd rather just ad lib. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, there are some people who who every word of dialogue is precious, and they want it done. I think Aaron Sorkin is famous for that. You he know? is, yeah. But his stuff actually is that good, that good. Yeah. But I imagine it's a lot more. It's a lot easier to feel like a regular person having a real conversation if you can kind of put some things in your own words a little bit. I think I also think it's a different skill set. You know, I remember I did an independent movie with uh, an actor called named Lee Pace, who's phenomenal. Oh, we know Lee. He's great. Lee, he's so good. It was uh, called Ceremony. Max Winkler directed it. I love and, Max. Yeah, Max my is guy. The, oh, yeah. you know Max. I do. Yeah, Max. Oh, Valley the, Kids. Yeah, Max mm -hmm. is awesome. And um, you know, we were doing the scenes, and I was improvising around my lines a little bit, and then Lee Pace came in and was word perfect. <laughs> Everything was perfect, and he would get notes, and Max could say, like, in that monologue on your seventh line, could you speed up these two words? And then Lee would do it, and he was so good at it that it was that realization that I'm like, oh, there's just different types of actors. Yeah. I can never do what he does. <laughs> but then Lee would say, like, well, I don't want to improvise this. And I'm like, so oh. So you learn that some actors are good. <laughs> some actors are. <laughs> yeah, they're trained. <laughs> that was the takeaway I got from that. <laughs>
Well, Jake, we haven't uh, seen you in a while. I know Kevin talked to you about this movie that's coming out this Friday, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse at uh, Comic-Con. So you were already talking about it last summer, but it is finally here. And I am sure you are aware the reviews are maybe the greatest comic book movie ever, people are saying. Are you blown away by it's that? Crazy. It's crazy. I can't, I mean, I had I had expectations of, just because I like uh, Philip Lord very much. The best. Uh, but to see people saying it's the best uh, superhero movie of the decade, like, I can't say I saw that coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Phil Lord really is that talented, by yeah. the way. Uh, I got an email from him about two and a half years ago that he said he was thinking about me for this part, and you know, I knew the thing was going to be good because he was involved and Chris was involved. And then when I met our directors and saw what the animators were doing, you know, I knew we had something special. I'm excited that people are, you know, buzzing about it. Mm-hmm. But it's also a really good movie. My yeah. friend, uh, <laughs> this is his review. Animation is bonkers. Hit me right in the feels. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. such a dude review. Yeah. And you loved it. Well, the, That's amazing. The whole idea was they said they wanted to make a comic book that feels like it's come to life. So you're watching right. the, the way you used to look at comics as a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So I remember like the first time I saw a Pixar movie. I remember thinking, I don't think you can do this with animation. Mm-hmm. This doesn't look like cartoons. Yeah. And then you go, like, oh, I actually loved it. This was their goal, so that everybody watches it and goes, is this, is this right? Right. Is this how it's supposed to be? And then you realize about 15 minutes in, you're like, oh yeah, this is just new animation. And this is, this is the cast around Jake. Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, uh, Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, John Mulaney, Nicholas Cage, Liv Schreiber, and I'm sure there's some surprises that aren't on that list. Yeah. Did you say Lily Tomlin? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm blown away, because it basically is like a very inclusive Spider-Man universe, right? It's like everything that's come up from the cartoons and the comic books, it's like all different types of the spider-man we know right that's right the idea of it is that you know i play peter parker from our universe the one we know the one we know Mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's peter at 40 so it's peter past his you know spider-man glory days yeah like corvette buying peter parker (laughs) would you say paunchy peter it's paunchy peter it's you know it's the peter who's more you know he was with mj it worked out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. life happens. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's all of a sudden when, like, all the, you know, the, the glory days have faded a little bit, Peter yeah. Parker. You yeah. got, like, a leather couch in Burbank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. But he's also like, was this all my fault, Peter? Sure. He hasn't turned into saying, I'm going to get an earring and dye my hair, and I'm still 25. <laughs> right. He's in the point of 40 where he's like, I maybe I did something wrong, Peter. Right. And he gets sucked into a different dimension where there's a young guy who gets bit by a spider named Miles Morales. We gotta stamp out these spiders, you guys. They're just biting everybody. <laughs> they're yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. They really they're, are. They're a nightmare. Nobody yeah. has raid. What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, come on. You gotta go along for the fun here, buddy. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> so how many different... How many, <laughs> we're talking to uh, actor Jake Johnson here on the Kevin and Bean Show about the, uh, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. How many different Spider-Mans are in the movie? Well, you gotta see the movie, but a lot. But well, the ones lot. I can see here, there's Spider-Ham, which is crazy. There's Miles Morales. There seems to be a Spider-Man Noir. These it, are just three. Yeah, but what it's really about, the core of the movie, which was uh, something exciting to be part of it, the idea of it is that anybody can wear the mask. And there's something really nice about that. So you introduce an Afro-Latino Spider-Man. You introduce Spider-Gwen, who's a the first female Spider-Person. And all of us work together to do what we do. So Fantastic. anyone could be a superhero. Anyone can be a super. Yeah. Is the actual core message. You can all change the world. You all have the ability. I think you. that's what my friend meant by hit me right in the feels. Yeah, it hits kind of hard. Yeah.
Yeah. It's nice. All right. Quick break. Like Jake Johnson is our guest here on The Kevin Amin Show. The movie opens everywhere in theaters this Friday, December 14th. We'll be right back on K-Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Jake Johnson is in studio with us here on The Kevin Bean Show. We are talking about, among other things, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Uh, Have you... What? What, what, what is going on? <laughs> you could have seen Jake's face. What the hell just happened? <laughs> Nothing. Are you having a stroke? No, if you could have seen Jake's face. <laughs> no, no, he, no, Because he, he, I think he thought you were serious. <laughs> With what? With the grown-ups working here. Oh, oh. Because right before we went on air, he he snapped at you. I think we start over. Because well, because, it was, no, we it don't start amazing. over. No, no, no. Allie. We definitely no. are professionals that are going to keep this in. Allie likes, here's the thing, here's the thing, Jake, is that we're doing a radio show. Uh-huh. Yeah. And 10 seconds before the end of every song, Allie decides she wants to start a new conversation. And we just don't have time for that nonsense because we're doing a radio you show. Guys, uh, you guys can... see that Laker game? And it's literally four, three, two. You know I can hear you guys right now. Well, I'm Jake, here. Um, in four, three. What are you guys up to, too? Oh, no. And commercial. Do you guys believe in Christianity? <laughs> and commercial. It's just, that's how it works in here. I have to ask you uh, this, Jake. Uh, forgive me if this is a dumbass question. Have you done any voices for animation before? Uh, yeah, little parts. I've done... Uh... Bojack. Oh yeah, I have done both. That's oh, right. Yeah. yeah, but those are it's all what everything I've done up to this point has been a different process in that you go in for a day and you do all your scenes and it takes an hour and a half. Sure, in your pajamas. Yeah, and they're like, mm-hmm. Great job and you're like, Thanks, this was the coolest <laughs> job ever. Yeah. This was the first animated job that felt like a real acting job where I think I was in that booth. 40 different times over the last two and a half years. Wow. They would animate around us. We would then, you know, go around the animation. We would be part of the process. We were improvising. We were doing their alt lines. It was a it was a whole thing. So were you in the booth with other actors? Yeah, Shamik and I got to record wow. together so that we would have to do our scenes, you know, as just a three and a half page scene or a four page scene. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and then they would pick up lines, but we would have to deliver the scene like it was a scene. Right. That's so cool. Wow. It was really fun. Also, can you hook me up with the Spider-Man Jordans? Those are so hard to get it's right now. So it's becoming a thing. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. So basically, Miles Morales in the film wears a certain type of Air Jordan. Mm-hmm. I, as someone who has uh, a sad collection of over 150. You're a sneakerhead. Yeah. I'm a sneakerhead. Uh, at the premiere, they sold some of them. Mm-hmm. And there was a line at the premiere. Which was crazy. Like, people are supposed to be, like, you know, reserved Hollywood jaded types. But instead, right. here they are waiting in line to buy shoes. Here was the ridiculous thing about those shoes. Yeah. So I'm walking in, and it's the premiere. I'm going to go do the red carpet. I see the thing with the shoes. Sure. And somebody goes, oh, do you want some shoes? And mostly those things, they're like pins. So yeah. you just say, like, sure. And then yeah. you, like, put it on your jacket, or you put the hat yeah, on. Some, and you do Some this. swag. And you didn't, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I go, yeah, sure. And they go, well, do you have a credit card? Because they're, I'm like, what is happening? And they're like, <laughs> you, you are Peter Parker. <laughs> and I was like, everybody needs to calm down. I didn't hear the back. Backstory on these damn shoes. Slow down. So you passed? Uh, no, I said oh, good, good. I'm interested. Oh, yeah, good. I'm interested. <laughs> but I do like the idea that even Peter Parker has to buy. Yeah. The Everybody's Man buying those shoes. Hmm. Jake, hmm. do you? Uh, Jensen just mentioned his sneaker collection. He yes. also has a ridiculous Blu-ray collection. But do you Blu-ray? collect anything? I'm an idiot. Uh, I know Blu-ray, right? Like he doesn't Blu-ray? even have a player now. Because um, I think that we're going to be losing the digital eventually. Like every, it's a whole thing. You don't want to hear it. You know, and I think he's right, we, by the way. If we lose all that, you'll be able to just watch movies in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think my panic the last might... thing I want to do when we're in that era is be like, oh, the streets are crazy. I'm gonna throw in this sequel. <laughs> I'm like, hey, who guys, wants to watch Turner and Hooch? <laughs> guys, yeah, learn I'm, to fight, man. I, I, I'm running out. 
<laughs> I'm running out of water and food, but if you guys want to check out The Burbs, the Tom Hanks movie from... Oh, the- dude, did that have commentary on it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> the neighborhood is burning, yeah. but interesting that they shot this all in two months in Seattle. <laughs> you guys, Jake's you know... Coming to your house in the apocalypse. Scorsese like- only did a director's commentary to Mean Streets. Let's do it. Uh, make sure none of you have a disease when you come into my panic room. Oh, my um, question was, did you collect anything? Like, did you get a big, fat, new girl check and said, you know what? Now's the time to add to my collection and buy something crazy. Yeah, properties. <laughs> okay. You're <laughs> way smarter than Jensen is. You know what, no, man? You I'm never kidding. know. Blu-rays can turn. Yeah, you're right. No, I'm not a big uh, collector guy. Uh, I like to, I don't like to travel with a lot, so my problem would be if I did move, I wouldn't have, to, I used to deliver, I used to like move furniture as a job. Mm-hmm. So all I would think is when I saw those Blu-rays is like packing them and moving them. Yeah, it's the, it's the heaviest boxes. Tell it's you that the much. heaviest stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's why I got rid of all my trophies. Oh, <laughs> such a weird way to brag. I know. Weird, and we're weird not facts. asking you what you got them from. Moving on. Commercial yeah. break. <laughs> we, we know it's not from radio. <laughs> Damn. What about all the Nobel no. Prizes, Al? You don't even mention those. We know so it's modern. not for transitions either. <laughs> um, Jake, or being humble. Do you, uh, yeah. do well you stay in? Please tell, tell me the answer to this is yeah. yes. Do you stay in touch with your, your now lifelong friends that you worked with shoulder to shoulder on the New Girl for all those seasons? I actually do, for better or for worse. Oh, that's great. I got a... Uh, uh, Instagram message from it, uh, Lamorne Morris, who mm-hmm. is now posting videos of himself working out for no reason, oh, and he wrote, is he "Buff Winston now." No, he's, he's looks the same. It's just a photo <laughs> of him, and he's pretending it's a paid partnership. And he DM'd me, and he goes, "Who's writing the copy on your Instagram?" And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, it sounds like a robot is doing it. Like, thank you for having me and whatever. And I was like, stop writing me. Leave me alone. I'm, all, I'm doing press, man. Just scram, you geek. Beat it, kid. Beat it, man. That's awesome. But yeah, we all still text and mess with each other quite a bit. We, I think we'll all be friends for a very long time. What a, uh, what a wonderful experience, by the way. Was it hard to come down from that job after doing it for so long? Yeah, you know, that job ended in December, and I haven't taken an acting job since uh, besides this voiceover and I'm writing a show that I'm going to star in for Netflix called Hoops which is an animated show but it's been really tricky taking another acting job because a network show is like a marriage and once that ends it's such a weird concept to just jump on another cast and be part of another show Yeah. so I've taken some time uh you know, to drive a Miata and get an earring. and <laughs> I bleached my hair and I look like 15 years younger. Yeah, you I mean, do, you everyone's do. buzzing about how young mm-hmm. I look in here. Yeah, and everyone calling you stepdad seems weird. Yeah, yeah. I prefer Greg, but okay. whatever. <laughs> if you <laughs> ever want to call me dad, I'm cool with it. It's fine. Uh, how about I, daddy? Are you okay with that? Because I'm partial to that. Uh, I bet you are, Bean. <laughs> it's kind of weird in here. Um, all right, last, uh, last question for me because we're almost out of time, and that is you said in one of your uh, exit interviews yeah. as you've been promoting the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse that you wanted to devote some time to passion projects, things that you've been wanting to get going for a long time, maybe even some smaller things. Yeah. You have just like a whole list of things that are backed up that you just can't wait to begin in? Yeah, well, I've actually spent this last year writing them a lot. I'm doing something with Apple right now that's been a lot of fun. Uh, and then this animated show, Hoops, I'm doing with an old friend of mine that we're writing that's, you know, going to be real. It's a it's, it's on about Netflix. earrings, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just about my love of earrings and jewelries and, you know, glamming up a little bit. <laughs> 
It's about basketball and hoping. <laughs> yes, it is. Right, of great. course. I'm stoked. Oh, yeah. such a better guess, Jensen. Mm. Why didn't I even think about that? Well, I was going to say it's about the Flavor of Love contestant hoops. hoops. But it I is, for sure. <laughs> and her relationship <laughs> with Shaquille O'Neal. Too obscure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... <laughs> Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse <laughs> this Friday. Hey, this is the big, this is the sum up, you guys. I'm okay. putting some power. No, you did it, yeah. you did it, you did it. It opens everywhere this Friday. Jake, you must be so proud to be a part of this. People love it. I can't wait to see it. Congratulations on it. Thank you very much. And it's very nice that you have, uh, you know, throughout the uh, years you've been, uh, you know, working and whatnot. You've been very kind about coming in and you have a movie <laughs> and stuff. We love, now we love having you in. Yeah, so thanks for having me. It's always yeah. fun. He reeled it in at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think it was going to turn and I was going to say I, he was a dick? I, I thought know. I wasn't sure either. I wasn't sure. I, I was bracing for the final blow that knocked me out before. <laughs> This one ended. <laughs> Happy holidays to you, Jake. Happy Thanks holidays, a lot for stopping by the Kevin and Bean Show. Bye-bye. Bye. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. First, Allie's got what's happening here on a Monday. Well, rumors swirling all around who is going to host the 2019 Academy Awards. This, of course, because Kevin Hart stepped down from the gig after um, his refusal to apologize for old tweets with homophobic language. Of course, he then did step down and apologized, which all of it seemed like very, it was all weird. It was odd. I just, I can't. So, uh, rumors are swirling that um, they're begging Eddie Murphy. Uh, well, they they had him, and then he dropped out when Brett Ratner couldn't do it. That's already yes. been a thing. I I feel like also wouldn't he be like, remember when I dropped out because the director I was working with yeah. said something homophobic, so I dropped out then. Also, Plus, I just had my tenth kid. Also, sure. you think Kevin Hart has some homophobic stuff in his past? Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Uh, Eddie Murphy has tons of stand-up specials that go way yeah, way true. beyond that. So. True, but. Um, unlike Kevin Hart, even though people say, oh, he did apologize. No, he didn't right. ever. He addressed it, but he never apologized for it. Eddie Murphy has apologized for it. Yes. Do you guys yeah. think That's Eddie Murphy would have it now? I mean, you would think so. Do you know what so. I mean? Like, has he performed in an... You'd think so. He hasn't done stand-up in years, but that's... you would think he... I mean, that's like riding yeah. a bike to a guy like that. I think huh? he's Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Oh, and, he's yeah, Eddie Murphy. Okay, he good. could do it. I heard they... I did hear this weekend from an unnamed source who their mm. first pick was before Kevin Hart. Can I take a guess? Yeah, it's a great one. We never said his name. We never said his name. I just thought of this as you all were talking about Eddie Murphy. Dave yeah. Chappelle. Uh, he'd be great, but that was not the one. Will no. Ferrell. No, but close with the name. Will. Will Forte. No. Shatner. Yes, William Shatner was going to do all Christmas music. Good chip. Good no, chip. Uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. Interesting. Oh, Will Smith. Interesting. He would have been great. And yeah. it's so weird. He spends all his time doing Instagram but didn't want to do the Oscars. It seems like that yeah. would have been a good fit. And you, you have some time, it appears. Hmm. Look, yeah. Will Smith is the l most likable guy in the world. Mm -hmm. But he's not funny. I think Will Smith's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, funny in like a commercial Do you think of way. him as a comedian? I don't. No. no. You know what I think no. he is? I think he's fun more than funny. He's entertaining. Yeah, fun more than funny. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. yeah. Well, IndieWire has yeah. compiled um, a top 10 list of people that they think would work out. Number 10, Kate McKinnon and Kumail Nanjiani. Love it. Together. Love it. I would don't love that too. That. Love that. Number nine is Will Smith. Sure. Okay. Number okay. eight, Melissa McCarthy. I was sure. waiting for that. Okay. Number seven, The Rock. Yes. Who sure. we were told was asked and said no. Correct. Right. Um, the Rock's asked for everything. Oh, I think, right. I think everyone except Kate McKinnon and Kumail have been asked on this list, but go on. 
And I feel like we even asked The Rock for Acoustic Christmas. He's like, I don't play. I'm in, whatever. Yeah. Uh, number six, just someone who's hosted before, whether it's a Jimmy Kimmel, Ellen DeGeneres, that type of thing. They've all said no. Yep. They've all said no. Uh, number five, no host at all. Which I, I'm down for. There's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. That's what, the, through stuff. that's what the MTV Video Music Awards does now. Yeah. yeah. Number four, Tom Hanks. Yes. He'd be great. Speaking oh, I think he'd be of the great, most yeah. likable human on the planet. Mm-hmm. Number three, Lin-Manuel Miranda. That name has been popping up places. Mm-hmm. He would also be great. I feel like m- too many people don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would but love that. I think that. he could win him over. I don't know. Well, that's, um, okay, that's interesting that you think that about Lin-Manuel Miranda, because when I bring you number two on IndieWire's list, Aquafina. No, that's not <laughs> really? a no, 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 no. The, um, the Asian woman from um, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. She was not good hosting Saturday Night Live. I do not want her hosting the Oscars. Can't right. smoke you love. No, there's no. a good guess. That's a good guess. So that's the uh, that's the top nine. Number okay. one. It's Jensen's pick. Oh, I thought it was me. No, Jensen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, I think Tiffany Haddish is probably the... I think, I, if I had to bet, I bet she has the inside track right now. Oh, I think she already For got sure. asked. Oh, yeah? Oh, right? yeah. I and would think Tiffany Haddish no? got asked and said no. Yeah. Oh. That's my guess. Interesting. Oh, I think... I think Boogie? No, no, Aquafina. No, 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 Aquafina, different. Mm-hmm. I would think all these people except Kum- Kumail and Kate and Aquafina <laughs> did, did get asked on that list. I'd like Kumail and Kate McKinnon. Be great. I would, too. Great. That'd be great. Let's do Professor it, you from guys. Gilligan's Island. Uh, I don't. I think, think the list is already yeah, over. I don't think he's in. The I running, still like but... Beans, Will Ferrell, and uh, John C. Riley. That's the one that's that would be out great. Sure. Amazing, be fantastic, amazing. Yeah, we'll ask Will. Yeah, Al Jolson. Al Jolson. That I, would be touchy. That would be yeah, quite the coup, though, the right? Wrong guy. Hasn't he been dead for like a hundred years? Yes, yes, he has. No, Kelly Clarkson. He's wow. very likable. Talk show host. That boy. That boy, right? He could that just boy. come out on a unicycle. <laughs> All right. Some birthdays for you. Kenneth Branagh, Raven Simone, and Meg White. Skin like a China doll and bosom still Tuesday. All right. All right. Bean said, can you leave me a little extra time after you say Meg White? And I said, yes. Next time it was say a no. Meg White drop. Right. Oh, Lord. That's what's happening. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Q. How about our old friend, Andrew Siciliano, our former friend, Andrew Siciliano, that we oh, used gosh. to like before he stiffed us last night and didn't even show up Listen. for Acoustic Christmas. Choosing Listen. his parents. What Listen. a cheap move that was. Listen, yes, I, the, the, way, the way my parents, or my father specifically, bless their hearts, and I love them both, mm-hmm. was so worked up about how much time he needed at the airport this morning to check bags and all that. Oh, is that and right? That anxiety <laughs> in the home, I would have been, and again, I love my parents. We would they have brought him out on this. stage, Andrew. Sure. Happy <laughs> to be there with you. I hear the show was great. It was It great. was amazing. We're going to talk about it in a couple minutes. By the way, my, uh, my dad, when he was uh, still with us, Andrew, needed two miles heads up before he got off the freeway. Two miles. <laughs> Meaning, yeah. like, hey, I'm, you got to give me directions. I'm a mile and a half out. Yes, you really? got. I, I, he needed that yeah. much time to get him delayed. So That's sometimes crazy. you just have to bend to old people a little bit. 
Yeah. I understood. Um, just, it causes tension. Gotcha. Of course it does. I, I got you. I'll agree on that. Sure. Well, Andrew, every uh, this has been one of the most entertaining NFL seasons I can ever remember. Uh, every weekend there's something unbelievable. Why don't we have the call, but we want you to set up the miracle in Miami, okay. if you would, for us. So I'll set this up first as well. I was thinking about it this morning. I, I don't know that I remember a week as exciting as yesterday. That is other than the week 17s when all the playoffs are on the line. But okay. yesterday was just unbelievable. And the Dolphins usually have the Patriots number inexplicably in Miami. They've beaten them four out of five. The Patriots, if they win this game and they're set up to win this game because they have the Dolphins backed up on their own 31 yard line and they're up five, this game is over and the Patriots are about to win their 10th consecutive AFC East title. All they have to do is prevent, with five seconds left, the Dolphins <laughs> from going 69 yards. If the Dolphins nice. do not score on a 69-yard touchdown, nice. Rob Gronkowski's favorite number, sure. <laughs> then the Patriots win the AFC East. Now explain Roll. the play it. that happened. Because the, so the they, announcer that we have doesn't really explain specifically what happens on the play. Okay, so they call it Boise. It's a homage to what Boise pulled against Oklahoma in the 2007 Fiesta Bowl. It's just your standard hook and ladder, which the Dolphins made famous back in the 70s. It's you throw it to one guy, he pitches it to another guy who, you know, it's perfectly orchestrated. The other guy is right there, but but then after that guy gets it, then there's another pitch, which usually you don't have to do. It's just any and every. I've watched the play 50 times. Any and everything that possibly needed to go right for the Dolphins went right including Rob Gronkowski on the field defensively for the Patriots who as was pointed out last night by Scott Van Pell just now runs like Frankenstein (laughs) (laughs) and all so much better that it was literally the last play of the game Correct. the clock was run out and then this happened Tannehill will throw it and this will end it after the shovel or will it Miami running around, circling, and look out! Gronkowski didn't have the angle! Touchdown! Oh, Canyon Drake! A miracle! I like that announcer is like, and this will end it. This will end it. <laughs> or will it? I love it. That, that's Ian Eagle. Ian Eagle, who's amazing on CBS. If you listen to the Patriots call, there is... Oh, I'd love to hear that. When he gets to around the 20... Where the the color guy I think says Jesus <laughs> when he realizes that Gronk doesn't have the ankle, so Gronk's in there because I think it's going to be a hail mary. Right. In other words, the quarterback's going to throw it and try to get it all the way down the field, and Frankenstein can jump up and knock it down. Correct. But but Frankenstein isn't good to try to backpedal and cut off angles and get a guy if he's the last line of defense. So so the the Patriots color guy says Jesus, the other guy yells touchdown, actually hits it, hits the right notes, and then they just go silent. For <laughs> they just don't talk. Which is awesome. There is a headline in the Boston Globe this morning written by well, Dan, Dan Chauncey doesn't write the headline, but the headline is, is this the worst non-playoff loss in Boston sports history. I love oh, the next line. That's I, a tough one. I dare you to come up with anything more hideous and <laughs> like, ghoulish. Like, oh my God. Nobody hates Boston uh, sports more than uh, Boston sports writers. It's insane. But I'll come back with, do you overreact much? For Pete's sake, <laughs> yeah, they are that. going to win the division for the 10th consecutive 
season. Yes. Ten. Yeah. Is there they anything more hideous and than ghoulish? They, they've lost five of six yeah. in Miami. So, so they often lose in Miami. Give it a break. It was amazing. We're talking to uh, Andrew Siciliano from the Red Zone on DirecTV and the NFL Network's Up to the Minute. All right, now let's uh, – that was fun – now let's talk about yes. the Rams. I know that people are saying, you know, the Saints had the same kind of meltdown against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Correct. night. Every great team has a terrible week, and this was the Rams. Well, I would give the Bears, as I gave the Cowboys, credit for an amazing defensive performance. What the Bears did was as good a defensive performance as you have seen the entire season. One team against another team on any given night, and whether it was the cold I don't blame the cold, but the Rams certainly didn't want to hold on to the football very well. Or whether it's just the Bears' defense or whether it's just a combination of factors. But the Rams certainly didn't look good last week in Detroit. They won. They're the better team, right? They won the division. Whether it was division hangover, championship hangover, back-to-back trips to the East Coast, if you want to call. Well, let's call it the Midwest. Sure. Regardless, look, the Bears won, and they were by far the better team. Here's here's what it means for the Bears. They're locked into the three seed regardless, it looks like. They're going to win the division. Unfortunately, what it means for the Rams is that they are now back behind the Saints. The Saints jump oh. the Bears again because they have the head-to-head. So right now, if the playoffs were to end today, here's a hint they don't. The Saints would be the number one seed. The Rams would be the number two seed. And if those two were to meet again in the NFC Championship game, it would be in New Orleans. Mm. That is a big deal. Yeah. There are still three games left, Okay, and, and the Rams get the Eagles this week. They need to keep winning, and it would be nice to see the Saints lose a game. Yes, it would. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I have a question about the Monday night game I'm going to end with, but first, how about a, just a quick recap of the Chargers? Not their best performance yesterday. Good enough to win, but how are you feeling about them, Andrew? Uh, they won 10 games. I mean, that's, that's spectacular. They're heading to the playoffs. They are not going to win the division. Um, I mean, it was, Kansas City would have to have Well, look, they actually, you know what? Let, let's take that back. If the Chargers could somehow beat the Chiefs in Kansas City on Thursday, that game, that, I mean, that, that is, that's a marquee game Thursday. Right. Then maybe we'll talk differently. But if the Chiefs win this, the Chiefs win the division and lock up no worse than the two-seed on Thursday night. Uh, you know, the, the cynic would say that game was far too close for comfort yesterday mm-hmm. that right. you allowed Jeff Driscoll, of all people, who played well, the backup quarterback for the Bengals, to make it interesting. But, hey, let, let's take the positives. They won 10 games. They look like a legitimate deep into the playoffs team. And they have found a kicker. Bless the God. Speaking of deep into the playoffs, the Raiders won. <laughs> Am I right? So we can all agree that the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, or whatever it's called right now, yeah. is a dump. Yeah. Okay? I, I, there, there's but no that's... one that disagrees. Okay. It is a dump. And yesterday, the dump helped the Raiders win the game. <laughs> because Chris Boswell tripped and fell or slipped and fell on what could have been a game-tying field goal. Oh, another miraculous comeback there by Ben Roethlisberger, like Lazarus just rising <laughs> from the dead. And But the turf helped them win. 
Okay. He slipped, the kick got blocked, or he kicked it into someone's backside, so the dump helped them win. All right. All right. Last question, Andrew, then we got to say goodbye, and that is I have trouble keeping track of all the various scenarios. My team, the Seattle Seahawks, are on the bubble looking for that wild card. Along with the Vikings, they play, to get, mm-hmm. they play each other tonight. If the Seahawks win tonight... Are they in the playoffs, or do they still need they, some good luck the rest of the way? They do not have a scenario to clinch this okay. evening. However, a win tonight would be huge for them, huge. and it okay. would be bad for the Vikings. And by the way, Dean, you always ask how many kicks get missed. I counted. Huh? There were 20 this week. Wow. Wow. Yes. Kevin, you got to switch careers, dude. Week. I could kick a field second goal. Yeah. this year. <laughs> That's <laughs> unbelievable. 22 week five. Yep. 22 week five. Yep. So you, you, can, have, you can hope for two more tonight, of course, for the Vikings. Of course. You can uh, have a lot more to talk about on the uh, NFL Network's Up to the Minute later today. On, what, ti- what time is that on these days? It's 10, 10 a.m., uh, right? That would be 10 a.m. tomorrow. Bean, I think oh, they tomorrow. move it around all week. I know. They it's do like, like midnight, to make it hard to find. It's very hard. And Direct TV's Red Zone Channel every Sunday. Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate the time, as always, sir. Love you guys. Merry New Year. Take care. <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. 106.7 K Rock is KROQ. <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean Show. Wanted to make sure because there were still six seconds on the timer. So I was right. like, as he comes mm-hmm. back and says, it's the new song from AFI, which uh, I interviewed AFI and called it Get Darker. It's actually just Get Dark. Get Dark. Yeah. But when you said, I'm here with Dream Car, I was like, Kevin. Yeah, that was no. rude. That was a mistake. That was rude. <laughs> they were delightful, by the way. They yes. were. They always are. And yeah. they're so good. Always They're so good live. Yeah. And Davey Haddock. Havoc? Ha- did I just say Haddock? You like did. fish? <laughs> wow, we're on a roll today. <laughs> Davey wound up um styling my Mrs. Claus hood. Yeah. It was sort was, of a mess before he Oh no, it got was a, hold a it. complete mess. Okay. And then he totally styled it and then at the end of it said, Now remember you can't move. Right, okay, and that well, wasn't that's, helpful. That's not great. I love him. <laughs> and then he said you shouldn't talk anymore either, which I thought was that was sad. Yeah, that was you. Got you an Uber to go home. Oh yeah. wow! That's so odd. <laughs> a real turn. Who were your favorite uh, of the performances uh, over the weekend? I know there were a lot of great ones. People were blown away. Even those who had seen the Smashing Pumpkins multiple times were blown away how great they were. Uh, with their headlining set. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I loved uh, The Interrupter so much. Same. Yeah, they were one of my very favorites of the whole. We're going to talk about them in a second. Yes. Yes. Um, who else did you guys adore? Uh, I like Bastille. I, I wouldn't call myself a total fan, really. Mm-hmm. But they, You're not a Bastille head? Well, no, not a Bastille head. Uh, but now I kind of am. At least I've seen alive them. Bastille I think head. this is the fifth time, and this is the mm-hmm. best time by far that they've been. Yeah. They're really Churches was Churches was wonderful. Churches was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Billie Eilish was great. Yes. Yes. I was surprised by both Churches and Billie Eilish that they are both so uh, animated and energetic on stage yeah. for the style of music I think of them as doing. Agreed. Same. You don't expect to see Billie Eilish pogoing during some of her sad right? songs. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but I was skipping around backstage <laughs> yeah. during Semi Charm Life. Jensen said to me, they're doing a 10 minute version of <laughs> Semi Charm Life. They did. I yeah. mean, listen, I'm surprised they don't do it twice in a row. Uh, to be honest, but <laughs> ten minutes is fine with me. Yeah, yeah, but it was super fun. I mean, yeah. it, the perform everyone brought their A game. I thought. Mm-hmm. How many years have we done this show? Well, that that was something. We, 28, 29? Well, you say I that think with, it was nineteen ninety was the first year. So I think this would be twenty nine. Well, you say yeah, that this with would a confidence. Twenty eight. Yeah, Kevin saying that with a confidence. Yeah. Well, I mean, I said. 106.7 K-Rock is K-R-O-Q. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. We're backstage at the 12th, at the K-Rock Absolute. Oh, <laughs> it's the 12th? <laughs> it's the 12th one. Did you guys know that? We are broadcast professionals. You can watch all of the bands. Why did I say it's the 12th? No I idea. Know. 
Like, what in my head would have said 12? I don't know. No Maybe idea. you're thinking like 12 days of Christmas. It's no. impossible to tell what I'm Yeah, saying. you're right. You're right. <laughs> because it's not like I missed it by, oh, it's the 27th? No. Or 26th? Mm-mm. I said no. it's the 12th. Sure. Um, we did a game last week. Oh, dear. Where um, we had to sing. It was Kevin and Bina Roki. Was it Friday? Mm-hmm. It was Friday. Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, the interrupters were listening. Yeah. The band was listening. While I completely destroyed their song. Here's the moment with. And now, it's time for a moment with Kevin. It started out like any other morning. The sky was red and it took a warning. She had the... Have, hold on, let me take that part again. <laughs> You're reading it. She had the now and the beers are swarming. What? Bees, bees, not beers. She had she had the hive, now the no! beer. Yeah, hit the hive. She had she hit the hive and the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right, no. I didn't even hear what night this was. Right. Right. It's night, night one. one. Night oh, one. good God. Should I start over? Yes. yes. <clears throat> it start, it's night one. <laughs> that so, was a oh, the joy. So then Allie told me, hey, by the way, I don't know if you saw, but the interrupters were listening to mm-hmm. that version of their song. They were yes. also on the live feed. On yeah. the radio video. and yeah. on the Instagram yeah. live. Yeah. And yes. they wound up posting it to their stories and said, yeah. so excited to play Acoustic Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, so, Evan. See, here's the thing. You, <laughs> usually you can get away with stuff like that and they don't happen to be listening at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody points it out later, but they yeah. never get back. They were listening at yeah. the time. Yeah, I wound up um, running into the... Well, we saw them. We introduced them. Um, yes. On stage, and right before that thing was turning around the stage, they were like, "What happened? What was that?" And I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> but I wound up catching up with them later on in the evening, and I, you know, I'm a journalist, is what I do. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, I wanted to get to the bottom of when they first heard Kevin and Bina Roki. Mm. Here with the interrupters, of course, just killed it at Acoustic Christmas, but. You heard something that probably killed all of you yesterday. Yeah. You know what, though? It warmed our hearts. It really did. Okay, so it so. was Kevin and Bean Aroki where mm-hmm. we all sing lines from a song and the listener has to say what song it was. Yeah. You call that singing? Well, no, no. So who is the one that originally heard Kevin sing? So we sat down to breakfast and I put my phone on the table. I was like, oh, Kevin and Bean are live. And I click on the live video and he's going through the lyrics. And we're like, wait, what is this? What is this? And he's like, sky's red, uh, took it as a warning, uh, I kicked the hive. And we're like, he's beers are swarming. Like, that's our song. That's our song. And, and there's heavy laughter, and we have no idea what's the going laughter. on. Yeah, the, the laughter. Yeah, the laughter. Yeah. The best part. Yeah. The fact, the fact yeah. that our song could bring so much joy that early yes. in the morning, yeah. I mean, yeah. that means everything. Yeah. I will say this about Kevin. He was fresh off of having an ID the day before. Uh, he was in a complete fog. So trying to glance down at the lyrics, hence... Uh, beers, beers instead of beers. Yeah. 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 Beers are swarming. I know we may add that into the song now. It's just brilliant. <laughs> beers yeah. are swarming. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Oh, you guys, we, and we you did. guys just killed Acoustic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. How nice are they? The nicest. But here it gets even better because they wound up saying, then we were driving somewhere later on in the morning after they had breakfast and saw it live on Instagram. And they're like, then at the end it, it, it was played again we like played a moment, moment with, with yeah. and i was like you guys need to stop listening as much as you do but <laughs> yeah. it's amazing so they're yeah. like twice in one day kevin murdered our song and just before they went on i hugged amy and i said i'm really sorry i'm the one that ruined your song she's like i loved it yeah. <laughs> by the 
the way, uh, speaking of how great the interrupters were, how about when they brought out uh, Santa Claus to sing Time Oh, that was Tim Armstrong. Oh, no. That was Tim with a big, huge, bushy beard. I'm pretty sure Tim Armstrong. Yeah. But uh, amazing show, and thanks yeah. again to everybody who bought tickets and came down and supported some tremendous local charities, and uh, we'll do it again next year. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock, K-R-O-Q. Anyone uh, peeked out into the hall? Are we still the only K-Rock employees in the building today? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure. Yeah. It's uh, pretty quiet around here after Acoustic Christmas, but thanks again to everybody who came to the shows this weekend at the Forum, raised a bunch of money for charity, and thanks to all the great K-Rock artist who really, I mean, everybody was so good this weekend. Yeah. yeah. I'd also like to say this. A lot of people came up to us and said, hey, thank you for putting on such a great show. We have a music department. We have a promotions Mm -hmm. department. We have a programming department. Those guys all do all the work. Yeah, we we do almost nothing. We take credit for it. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's not us, technically. And I'm Except always in- I did book Third Eye Blind for the show. Correct. Thank yes. you, oh, Jensen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, well done. done, Jensen. Thank you. All right, we got time for one final look at what's happening here on this Monday. Here's Ellie. We've discussed, uh, you know, uh, maybe don't get a tattoo of somebody else's name, especially, you know, you just start dating, even if you're married. I thought the rule was you do. I don't think that's the rule. You don't. <laughs> We've okay. also talked about Ariana Grande. Maybe, uh, no, don't, don't. Well, her she and- did kind of rush into that with her boyfriend. Yeah, her and Pete Davidson wound up getting each other's name. They did all yeah, sorts of stuff. Pig. I got the pig. Oh, they did get a pig, yeah. And then they they fixed them, so now it's not those names, everything. But she did just get more tattoos. Um, after the Billboard Woman of the Year Awards on Thursday night, Ariana celebrated by getting a new tattoo. How does she have room? With her 93-year-old grandmother. Uh, they went to get they went together. tattoos. Okay. To get, but her grandma got one. No, I thought you meant she got a, a face tattoo tat- yeah. of her oh, grandmother, her which would have been awesome. Here's yeah. Nona right here. <laughs> well, her grandmother wound up getting um, a tattoo on her left ring finger. Oh, I wish it was a tramp stamp. Of right? her late husband, <laughs> uh, Frank Grande's nickname. So her grandmother, at the age of 93, got a tattoo, which I just think is adorable. Um, and then Ariana got a crescent moon beside some stars on the top of her left hand to commemorate the big night. So... I just, I just like the idea of hitting the town with your, with your nana, getting mm-hmm. tattoos. Sure, odd, but I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Allie, have you ever considered getting a tattoo? I have, many what times. Gonna, what was it going to be? Um, strangely, and this will, this will be so insane, knowing my um, recent history with birds. <laughs> um, I have always been really drawn to the starling bird. And I thought about getting like three or four of them because if you've ever seen starlings in uh, murmurations when they do... Can I interrupt you for just one second? Bean, are you sorry that you asked this question? No, I'm interested. Okay, go ahead. I'm getting uh, this story tattooed on the side of my <laughs> ribs. Oh, it's going to be long. It's going to yeah. go all the way down to your feet. But, I am, um, I'm buying the movie rights. I know that. <laughs> I hate all of you. Uh, so that is, that's a tattoo I would get. Like okay. three or four of them kind of going up a wrist or I thought about behind like the neck up to the ear. That would be cute. Anything on the face? Yeah. Any face tattoo? Uh, just uh, always tired, but then um, Post Malone took you that. You to it. And I was like, okay. damn it. Too bad. Yeah. Always awake, I have. It's a morning radio tattoo. <laughs> so sad. What about you, Bean? Um, obviously, Weird Al. It's crossed my mind. Sure. But you know, there are so many thousands and thousands of people that have Weird Al tattoos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like 
there are fewer Weird Al fans without tattoos at this point. So I don't know. I just, I don't think I've ever gotten to the point where I've like booked it or anything, but I certainly have thought about it because, you know, you want something that you're going to love forever. Mm-hmm. That yes. You're, you're going to be relatively sure that it's going to be safe. I feel like Alf is, uh, Alf, Alf. Alf. Oh, I feel like Al is an this. Alf tattoo, Kevin, though. go. Bean, you better <laughs> get an Alf tattoo now. I feel like Al is the safest celebrity in the world to put my faith in. It's not going to be an O.J. Yeah. Simpson situation. You know, I just yeah. don't think that's going to happen with I agree. Al. Do you think that an Alf uh, tattoo would be a problem? I'm not getting an elf tattoo, no. No problem. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So Weird Al is the closest I've come. Okay. What era Al would you get? There's many eras. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm like a lot of people. I'm old school Al. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like him with the... I the think Al with glasses. And the tight curls. Yeah. 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 Stay on target. Yeah. Stay on target. Oh. <laughs> and my Al wears a Hawaiian shirt in Vance. What? Yeah. That's the Al I did That's too. insane. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I uh, I haven't done a Meghan Markle update in quite a while. Oh, please do, because and I'm dying to know I what's know going on are. with the royal family. Meghan Markle is set to lose a key member of her Kensington Palace staff for the second time since her wedding. You guys. Is this happening? a, uh, excuse me, is this a royal baby update? Well, no, no. Yeah, oh. Yes. Royal baby. Okay, good. (laughs) It's whatever you needed to be to play that. (laughs) Well, it kind of is. Um, The pair's private secretary, Samantha Cohen, has let it be known that she intends to leave after Meghan's baby is born. So I guess it is a royal baby update. Um, Her exit comes less than a month after it was revealed that Meghan's personal assistant quit after Hmm. six months on the job. And now reports are swirling that she has frosty relationships and has difficult behavior issues that have surfaced. Mm. Oh, no. In the royal family? One insider said Megan starts her day at 5 a.m. and messages staffers with ideas and requests six or seven times a day. I believe that's what you do with a personal assistant. <laughs> that's I don't, yeah. that doesn't the sound, definition of. It sound that unbearable, doesn't actually. Sound Why does crazy? my boss keep asking me to do so much work? <laughs> exactly. oh, over and over. <laughs> it's, uh, it sounds pretty weird to me. But uh, who huh. am I? I, I don't... You're I, just a commoner. I am a commoner. Ew. Mm-hmm. Well, so was she up until... Yeah, she was a deal or no deal girl. Yes, right? Oh, she had true. a briefcase. Come on. <laughs> she did have a briefcase. <laughs> we were ready to say it, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Some birthdays for you. Raven Simone. Meg White. No? Nope. Just Keep that. going. Oh, the, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Thank you. And that's what's happening. Thank you, Ali. The SoCal Helpful Honda dealers are handing out random acts of helpfulness. We all win with a commercial-free drive home today at 5 p.m. on K-Rock. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin and Bean show. Uh, you know how Bean lied to you and said that Travis Barker was going to be here today? Yeah. Liar. 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 He's like, we all expected oh, Travis today. is going to be here. Travis is going to be here. And Bean's like, oh, yeah, Travis is going to be here at 9 o'clock. He was o'clock. driving no, tomorrow. here and hit liar. a roadblock. Oh, he turned around. Such a big liar. Right? He'll yeah. try again tomorrow. Travis Barker tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is what we should have been saying all along, right? but Bean is a liar. He hit a roadblock, Bean said. <laughs> right? You <laughs> liar! Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, who wrote yes. Deadpool and now Once Upon a Deadpool, mm-hmm. will be joining us in studio and a fellow by the name of Will Farrell. What? <laughs> Tomorrow. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.